sit here this morning. What a time it was here in the just seeing how everything flows together. Sister Ethel bringing us in from the being out in the world, just being focused on the on the things of God. Worship team, I'll tell you, it's just uh, week after week, you all bring us into such a presence of the Spirit. Right on into the offering. Appreciate Brother Jolly and leading us into more worship. That our offering time is a time of of our worship. Glory be to God. We're going to be in your Bibles here in a couple of different places. Starting off here in Romans. Last week when we were looking at Ahab, vessel of wrath, Jehoshaphat, a vessel of mercy. And we looked at the fact that hate is not the opposite of love. And I appreciate some of your comments and some of the questions that come each week. We're spending a little more time here on the, on the love of God because you all keep asking questions. Not all of them do you ask directly to me. Sometimes I get them in another direct, another way. Won't always go into the, what those ways are. But sometimes even just when I'm praying, I, I get some of the, the questions that come. And I appreciate the way you all press in on that. But we're spending a little more time here in the love of God. Just because um, there's interest, there's need that is there. But last week we were looking at that the opposite of love is not fear, or not, not hate, it's fear. That the enemy has us thinking that if we have he- feelings of hate, feelings of dislike, feelings of anger, we've stepped out of love. We're not walking in love anymore. And that's not the case. Because God Himself, we see that there's some things that God hates. The Word of God goes over that. We saw that the Word of God says that uh, Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. Because when you grow in the love for something, you can very often dislike something else the more we love the truth the more we dislike when things that are false take the 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 spotlight the more we love a particular person the more we hate when bad things happen to that person and our anger gets aroused when we see people bringing injustice to people that we have a love for and the same thing is true of God God has such a love for us that Strong feelings get stirred in him when people come against it. When they come against his purpose, when they come against his plan, when they come against his people. We saw that Jehoshaphat, even though he was a vessel of mercy, kept hanging around vessels of wrath and got himself into trouble with some of those things. Well, in John... First John chapter 3 verse 15 he tells us that he who hates his brother is a murderer so how do we how do we uh, coordinate he who hates his brother is a murderer with the things we were learning last week we want to spend some time learning about that and seeing these things that are that are good because John has some very strong teaching on the walk of love in his first epistle and we have something to go over too with Esau I hated. Wanted to make sure I don't forget that one because I don't know if I wrote it down. May have. Want to make sure we get to that one. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have access by faith into His this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that but we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. 
and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The love of God is in you. The love of God is down on the inside. He put it there. It said right there in, in this, we read these verses so you see the whole context of it. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now just because something is in us doesn't mean it is at our disposal. We looked in Proverbs chapter 20 verse 5, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. That's the verse we started with. Just because something is in you doesn't mean that it's at your disposal. It has to sometimes be drawn out. Just as Jesus was at the, the well and the woman came to the well. There was water there at the well, but it had to be drawn out. They're all in the presence of water, but it had to be drawn out. There are things that are inside of you that need to be drawn out, and the love of God is one of them. Now, the enemy wants to draw something different out. He wants to get you to walk in what you think is the love of God, but is not actually the love of God. Because if we don't walk in the love of God, we don't pull out the things that the love of God will do. The enemy knows this. And so he will try with everything in him to get you to go after another direction. But let's take a look here at verse, 1 John chapter 3. We're going to pick up at verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. If we do not love our brother, it says that we're not of God. So the question, of course, would come to mind, who's our brother? Kind of a similar question that uh, they were asked of Jesus. And who is my neighbor? Well, he didn't, say, he didn't use the word neighbor here. He said the word brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Now we know that the offering that Cain brought was not accepted of God, but here he tells us that his works were evil and the works of his brothers were righteous. Now loving your brother, and I put in parentheses in your outline there, sister, because it's talking about both, not just uh, not just the brothers in your life, but we're talking about um, fellow believers. That we need to, It's not an option. We need to love them. How many of you know? Don't raise your hand. But how many of you know some fellow believers that you have a struggle loving? They're, they're a little tough. Now we see that the foundation, the thing that was behind Cain, was that his works were wicked, his works were evil, his brothers were righteous. He was of the wicked one. Imagine that. Cain. Of the wicked one. And was able to do these, these particular things. Well, he kept meditating on the things that his brother was doing. And the enemy was able to get in there and, and say, why aren't your works accepted? Why aren't, why isn't this go good for you? Why doesn't God do this? And jealousy begins to come up. And that's not a good feeling. That's not a good, a good thing to do. Let's go on to verse 13. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. How many of y'all know the world is going to hate you? Now, we all know we can read this and we know this, but until the world actually hates us, it doesn't become real. But when the world starts hating on us, 
man, what did I do? And sometimes it can cause us to just kind of be quiet and not uh, not step out there and to, and to do the things of God. But we see all around our, our country, the Word of God used to be accepted and and um, and loved. And now people that are bringing out the Word of God are coming under persecution. Well, you, you can't you can't teach that. You can't teach that this is wrong. And some people want to quiet down about it. And if the Word of God calls it wrong, then it is wrong. That's all that there is to it. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Now, we may come to the point where we, uh, we're okay with the world hating us. But have you ever felt any hate coming from brothers and sisters in Christ? Now, I don't just mean in the church that you go to. But sometimes, you know, if we go out there and, and you go to some Christian concert. I don't frequent Christian concerts, but some of you might might uh, head on out there. And if you go to a Christian concert and there's other Christians over there, sometimes we, you know, we have conversations that, that come up. I used to go to Christian concerts because when I was a, a youth leader, we had to take kids out to, youth, to uh, Christian concerts. And so I would go out to some of them. And there were some that I enjoyed and some that I... I um, I, I, I thought we're outstanding. I don't know who's out there anymore or who's doing anything good, but I'm sure that there are some. I know that uh, the anointing of God is still out there on, on people that do music, but we had some, some good ones when, when we were in, um, when I was a youth pastor and such. There was a guy by the name of Russ Taff. He used to be with the Imperials and he went out on his own and I went out to one of his concerts, took the kids all with me. Wow, what a time of worship, uh, and uh, and praise was going on. Now I know he got off on some things and had to come back, and he did come back, and glory to God for that. But um, that didn't change the fact that when we were there and he was pursuing after God, boy, it was good. There was some some great things going on. There was a there was a particular band that I had gone to, and I don't know if you ever heard this uh, this uh, artist by the name of Carmen. <laughs> I I was at his first concert. His, his very first concert, he opened up for a, for a band. And uh, they, they, I'm sure he had done other smaller concerts before, but this was his, they were launching him into that. So I was at the first concert that he did as a, as a launched project. And uh, it was outstanding. He came out and he was the intro act for, uh, for some folks. And we thought after he got done, how in the world are these folks going to be able to top that? That was just out of this world. He was good. And he just came out. He was just one person. He didn't have a whole band or anything like that before. I, mean, I know he's gotten that since then but he was just one guy came out with a guitar and we just had a good old time and it was just absolutely wonderful um and then this uh, group came on probably not as not as well known by you but there was a group out there called the sweet comfort band and a few people might know them. and they came out and they just did this concert this is all in tulsa when i was out there in tulsa and uh, uh, uh quite a few kids that were in the in the audience and 300 of them came up to get uh, born again at the end of the concert 300 kids become the ministry of uh, that was going on there from the from these folks. So I know that there's good things that go on concert. When I say I don't go to concerts, I don't mean I think they're all bad and evil, and I just don't go to them any anymore. Uh, y'all might might enjoy that. You know, I don't golf either. It doesn't mean golfing is bad. It just means I don't do it. <laughs> so just don't don't take the 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 wrong thing there. But if you go out to a concert and you start talking up with somebody who's in the band or in the in the uh, stands there in the seats. And you start talking with them and they find out that you're some charismatic, full gospel, uh, you know, uh, tongue talking and gift believing and healing, Jesus the healer person. 
and uh, they go to a church that doesn't believe all that, and all of a sudden their countenance towards you changes. Oh, you're one of those. And suddenly you're feeling a little bit of hate coming on from the body of Christ here, coming right there at you. And and it's not just that way. Sometimes people that are in the, the same circles, they find other people that are not, and they, oh, you're not one of them. And, you know, you can have that same thing going on. So there can be hate going on in the body of Christ. There shouldn't be. We ought to we ought to be able to get along. And even though there's some differences we have, glory to God, as long as we serve Jesus Christ and believe in Him as our Savior, you know, whether they believe in talking in tongues or not, glory to God, they're saved. Whether they believe in Jesus as their healer or not, glory to God, they're saved. There's uh, We just got to make sure we, we keep things in, in line. I've told you before, my best friend in college was a Lutheran. And we had great Bible discussions. We were all, most of the time on opposite ends of the spectrum. But uh, we had great Bible discussions with, with things and it was, it was interesting. But in verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. That's how you know you're saved. If you love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. So I would say that John is saying that this is a pretty important thing that we love the brothers and sisters we have in Christ. Verse 15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Now, it doesn't mean that if you hate anyone, you're a murderer. Because is God a murderer? No, but doesn't it say in the Word of God, Jacob I loved Esau I hated. How does God get away with that? We'll get to, we'll get to Esau in a little bit. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Now, I'm sure I'm not talking to anybody here in this room, but if you murdered somebody, uh, there's forgiveness for that. Glory to God. It's not the unpardonable sin. And um, I think one of the funniest stories I heard about uh, being a murderer, Brother Hagen shared this uh, with us. He said somebody came up to the to the front, and uh, uh, they were just under conviction. They just were feeling poorly about their their self because of people in the body of Christ had had told them that because they're divorced, they can't be used by God, and they wouldn't they wouldn't let them involve themselves in anything in church. They couldn't do anything. Whatever anointing was on them was just sitting there dormant. And so um, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And so Brother Hagen had some counsel for this person. I think it was a woman. I'm not totally positive, but I think it was a woman. And he says, um, well, he said, well, then do this. He said, uh, go out there and, and get yourself a gun and go over to your ex-husband and shoot him. And then um, after that, ask God for forgiveness. And after you serve time in prison for the thing, then uh, you can go on a circuit and teach, pe- teach, pe- teach people and give them your testimony how God, God delivered you as a murderer. And you can go ahead and, be- and minister. Now, he was not being serious on that at all. <laughs> he was trying to get them to understand that it's kind of stupid that we hold divorce up so high and we'll treat people with such disdain. But if they're a murderer and they ask for forgiveness for it from God, we put them up in pulpits and let them teach and preach and so forth. Isn't that kind of crazy? He was just showing the, the stupidity of the whole thing. And that uh, letting her know 
God does not think that way. If you have a divorce on your record, don't think that God is holding that over you, that you'll never be used again. And don't go hating on people. Not that I have to talk to you. I know you folks won't do that. But don't go hating on people. They had something in their past that wasn't as good as it could have been. Thank God. God forgives us all. But whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Doesn't say hated, past tense. He said if you are currently in a state of hating your brother, you are currently in the state of being a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So as long as that state is in you, that, that eternal life can abide in you. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now think about this. Are there people in the body of Christ that you would lay your life down for? I bet you we can think of some. Are there people in the body of Christ for whom you would not? Let's see what he says here again. By this we know Love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Whom did Jesus lay down his life for? It'd be all of us. All of us, whether we were in a state of being, of, of, of being attractive, or in a state of being ugly sinners. Didn't matter. Because sin is, is very unattractive to God. But the Word of God tells us also, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's why we were sinners. The love of Christ, the love of God, if it is abiding on the inside of you, will rise up to the level that even those people that could be considered to us like sinners were to God, we would lay down our life for them. That's how much the love of God can go out there. If we have it, that, well, I'll lay down my life for this one, but not this one. That's not truly the love of God, is it? I need to grow in it a little bit more. I'm not saying that you're all, that you're evil and not going to heaven or anything like that. But we gotta to get to the place where the love of God comes up so much on us that it doesn't matter what they do. And see, this is the part that it hinders us from really understanding the love of God. Is that I think that because there are some people I will lay my life down for, I'm in the, in the love of God. But I'm still not quite there yet. The love of God is, is in me and it's bubbling up, but it's not quite coming out all the way yet. Because I still need to see certain things from certain people before I'll go out there and lay my life down for them. We have to get out of that. And we can. This is the growth. I heard this story. I know I told it to you at least once before, but it sure has been a long time. Little boy by the name of Billy. And um, he was involved in some mischief. You know, like little boys can do. Little boys, we can get involved in some mischief. And his mom said this to him. I'm sure no mom here has ever said anything like this, but this mom said this. He said, how do you expect to get into heaven, Billy, when you do mischief like that? So little, little Billy thought for just a moment. And he said, um, he said, what I'll do is when I get there, I'll go in 
and slam the door and go out and slam the door and go in and slam the door and go out and slam the door and go in and slam the door and go out and slam the door. Eventually, they'll get tired of that and they'll say, look, either come in or go out. <laughs> and then I'll go in. Well, I wanted to give you four things here. I just gave you a blank line. If you want to write these down, you can. But we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You see, we have that kind of love on the inside. We don't have to wonder, am I saved? The enemy wants you to focus on your life of works as to whether you're saved or not. God wants you to focus on the love of God that's on the inside of you and how it comes out of you. That's the evidence of your salvation. But most of us are still walking with a little bit of selfishness going on. I can lay my life down for this one. And the reason? Well, because, you know, they've done some nice things for me. They're, I consider them to be a good person. Um, somehow I have received something or I see something good there. But if I have those people in the body of Christ and I don't quite see a whole lot of good in them, well, I'm not laying my life down for that one. Uh-uh. So I gave you four things here. Four things you can kind of write these down. That if you want to know that you are saved, walk in the love of God. Here's four things to tell you whether you're in the love of God or not. First off, get out of selfishness. Get out of selfishness. Second, get into compassion. We talked about the compassion of God. Compassion is different from love. Get out of selfishness, which is self-compassion. That's compassion for myself. And get into a place where I have compassion for others. That's the thing you need to do there. Third, find God's mercy. Remember the verse of Scripture we looked at last week? We had to look for the mercy of God. Look for it. You can find it. Look for where God is extending mercy and get involved and extend mercy there. If God is not extending mercy, neither should you. You'll be combating God. Find God's mercy. Here's the the fourth one. Love your brother. Love your brother. Now, here's a question for you. What is the difference between hating your brother and responding to a vessel of wrath? What's the difference? Now, a vessel of wrath like Ahab, who is very worldly, it's very easy to see. But what about a vessel of wrath who's in the church? Because not all that are in the church are of God. The Word of God tells us that. The Word of God tells us to beware that some of the people have entered in through the back door. The Word of God tells us, test the spirits. In fact, we're going to get into that verse here. Test the spirits, because they're not all of God. Some of the things that go on in the church universal, some of the people that are in the church, are not of God. They're not brethren. But the ones that are brethren are the ones I need to love. Let's read that verse there again. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Verse 17, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Now we're going to get into this a little bit more here. But if you have things 
and I'm not willing to give them up when someone has need of them. He says, how can the love of God be in you? How, how can I be? If you see a little, a little child and they're hungry, how many of you are moved to, uh, to take care of that need? If you see a child, a child and they're cold and they're outside and the day like today and the temperature dropped some and the wind picked up and they're cold, you understand they're cold. How many of you would go over and take your coat and give it to them? Because that, that compassion just comes. I don't know who this child is. I just see this, but they're cold. They're out here. They don't have any food. They don't have, we want to try and get in there and take care of that and help that because we get moved by it. But he says, if you, if you have good, if you have stuff, and here's this brother, sister that has a need, and you say, I'm not, I'm not ministering to that, uh-uh. He says, how can the love of God be in you? How can the love of God be in you? If that's the kind of thing that you do. Now anything, anything produced from selfishness is going to be wrong. If I have a selfish thing, I need to take care of myself here. Anything from selfishness is going to be wrong. But strong feelings of anger, dislike, they can be uh, because of the love of God that's in you, or it can be because of the love of self. You see, a strong love is going to produce some some negative feelings. But if I have a strong love for God, those negative feelings are going to come when the things of God are not maintained. When I have a strong love of self, then wrong feelings are going to come up when I am not taken care of. I get mad at people who mistreat me far more than when people mistreat others because I'm on the selfish side. Now it says, whoever hates his brother. How do I know who is a brother and who is a false brother or sister? How do I know it? How do I know that this one is, is false or this one is true? What can I, what can I do? Well, first off, you can write these things down if you want to. They promote themselves or their own causes. One of the first things you will see is that people that are false brethren will promote themselves or their own cause. Look, look who I am. I should be getting this. You should be serving me. You should be helping me. You should be or they have a particular doctrine that they feel that they received from God, but the Word of God doesn't doesn't sustain it, and they try and push it. They're false brethren. They're promoting themselves. They're promoting their cause. They're promoting their revelation. People that do that, folks, they're not brethren. They're in love with themselves. They're not in love with God. Because if you get in love with God, you get in love with His truth. And that's the second one for us. They suppress the truth. Now, it's real easy to see this in the world. We talk about the press all the time and the truth they suppress. The reason they do it is because they don't love the truth. They love their cause. They Because they love their cause of something like global warming, they don't represent the truth. I mean, how many times have we heard the earth only has 10 years? I believe you can go back and document this, that there have been four or five strong predictions in which they kept them up for a while that the earth had 10 years. It started in 1960 with the death of the oceans. 
We then went on from the death of the oceans. We went on to, to uh, global cooling. And in 10 years, we're all going to be dead. And then in 10 years, we're going to be dead because of global warming. And then it went back to, to uh, global cooling. And then when that still didn't fly, they went back to global warming again. And that's not flying, so they're going to global climate change. And then they promote all this stuff and they send all this thing to you that the, you know, the climate's changing and the ice is melting and so forth. And yet, we haven't lost any beaches. Except when a hurricane comes through and eats up all the sand. That's something different. I heard somebody, um, they were, they were letting us know about this. The down in Miami, do you know that down in Miami, they are building a huge mall. Huge mall. I just know it's in the Miami area. But the funny thing about it is, it's in an area that Brother Al Gore, not brother, but the, the nut, Al Gore, because the stuff he promotes is, is just absolutely nutty. But he got rich off of it, so he got his uh, his thing. But it's on the land that is supposed to be swallowed up by the ocean. Now, can you imagine investors putting money into a mall to be built on land that people are predicting is going to be underwater. As they say, follow the money. The reason that they're putting the money in there is because they don't believe it. We're not talking about Christians who believe in the Word of God. We're talking about business people who are deciding where to put their money and decided this is a good place to put money and they're going to build this huge mall over there in in Miami because um, they don't believe that these things are going to happen. You would think that after all the melting that had gone on, that some beaches at least would be going away. But you see, they suppress the truth. We're not out here to let you know what the truth is. We're out here to suppress the truth and try to promote a lie. And the media has been caught how many times promoting a lie? Even to the point that they make up documents, they make up things that happened, they promote a lie. Well, it happens in the body of Christ too. Well, we don't want people to know that. So we're going to suppress this truth that's in the Word of God because we want to promote this. Because they have a selfish reason for it. If it's in the Word of God, then we need to, we need to promote it. How many people have come out in the body of Christ? This is the day Jesus Christ is going to return. Then they have a date. And uh, the reason for it is, we got the revelation, send us the money, send us, buy our books, buy our tapes, whatever it might be. They're going to promote themselves. They're going to suppress the truth. Here's the third thing they do. They also suppress the gifts of other people. You will notice the people that are not true brethren, that are in the body of Christ but are not true brethren, tend to elevate their gift over others and tend to make sure that other people don't minister in their gifts. We don't want other gifts being, being developed. We need to be, they need to see me, they need to see us, they need to see that the the Spirit of God is on a few and not necessarily on them. They need to become dependent. Don't do it. Don't, don't follow after those, those folks. Here's the fourth one. They create an atmosphere where the truth cannot be heard. Now, I'll ask you, you can raise your hand on this one. How many have been keeping up with our reading chapter a day? And we're keeping up. Maybe about five of you. Come on, all. Get in there and read the Word of God. It's good. If you were reading in the Word of God this week along with us, we were reading in the, in the book of Acts 
And we looked at the parts with Paul where Paul was going out. And every time he, he and Silas would go out into a new place, the opposition would come. He would come in and the, the Jewish people would hear it. And they would get excited. But then when they saw the Gentiles coming in, or they saw how many more people were coming in, or they got jealous, envious for whatever the reason would be, they, be, they turned against Paul. And here's what you see in, in these verses. If you were reading in the chapters this week, in particular 16, 17, 18, and 19, if you were reading the things that Paul went through, he'd go into a city, and because of the truth he was per, uh, promoting, because of the, the truth he was teaching, they could not contest the truth, so they came in and made so much noise that people couldn't hear it. They would create an atmosphere in which the truth could not be heard. And they would start riots. And they get people who were upset and angry. In fact, these people were so angry that they would follow Paul from one city to another city just to keep people from believing the truth. Isn't that amazing? And what happens today? Don't people go from one city to another following certain ones and raising a ruckus and raising a riot and create an atmosphere where the truth can't be heard or the things that are they're, they're saying can't be heard because they can't contest with the truth so therefore we just got to make a whole lot of noise. We're seeing politicians that people have been dispatched to go into their restaurants. Maxine Waters was one of them. Actually came out and publicly said, go after these people in the restaurants and don't let them eat in peace. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, pursue them. And so then people went from there. And if these people would sit down in a restaurant, they'd come in and they'd make a fuss. How many videos have you seen people coming in and making a fuss? Why is it? Why is it that they pursue that? Now, if you, how many of you all know people who teach things that you don't like? Come on, raise your hand. You, you know, there's people out there. Do you follow after them? Do you chase them down into other cities? Do you, do you start riots? Do you throw things at them? Do you carry signs and talk about how evil that they are? How is it that you're not motivated to do that? <laughs> you see, because it's not the love of God that stirs people up into that. They, te- they tell you where they're from when they start doing these things. You pursue the truth. You enjoy the truth. If somebody doesn't have the truth, well, I'm just, I'm just not going out there. And we just, we just leave that part of it alone. But that's not the enemy's pattern. The enemy's pattern going from the Old Testament into the New Testament into the present day is if there is something that has truth, then we need to attack it this way. And they have attacked it that way each time. They will create an atmosphere where the truth cannot be heard. We see Paul going through this. Here's the last one. They quench or try to contain the Spirit of God. Word of God tells us how many, oh, a couple of times anyway, do not quench the Spirit of God. Don't quench Him. Now there's all kinds of ideas of what that particular is. We're not here to talk about quenching of the Spirit. Just, uh, just mention it for you right now. Or they try and contain the Spirit of God. Sometimes people think that the Spirit of God, that they can, they can kind of just put it in a container and bring it out when they want to. And you'll see this in the area of some of the things that we've, we've seen in the area of false prophecy. 
Well, you can just take that gift of prophecy anytime you out you want and just bring it out and just start prophesying over things. In fact, we've mentioned it to you before, some of these groups will have you prophesying over chairs, over walls, clocks I even heard. Prophesy over this clock. I mean, is that not just the... But you see, they see that we can we can either quench or we can contain the Spirit of God and bring it out when we want. And if people want to have the Spirit of God, then they depend on us to bring it out. This is not right. If you see people in this, they are, I don't, no matter how much they tell you that they serve God, that they love God, look at their actions. If they are moving in this direction, they are not brethren. If they're not brethren, you're not required to love them. The way that the, the Word of God says to love them. And you see, sometimes what will happen when you see people that are bring things out that are not true, that are false, that are against the Word of God, that the love of God, because of your love for God and love for the truth, burns on the inside of you with an anger towards those people who begin to promote something that is not of God. That's all right to do. The enemy will come in and say, no, you need to love them. You need to be loving towards them. No, you don't. When Jesus walked into the temple and he saw them doing things they weren't supposed to be doing and suppressing the truth and promoting their own cause, he's flipping tables. When he comes to the Pharisees and they're out there promoting their own cause to the point that they can kill one who's doing the the works of God. Plan to kill on the Sabbath day. Plan to kill because they're upset because he's healing people on the Sabbath. What a contrast. Just because they say they're in the body of Christ does not mean that they are in the body of Christ or that they are a brother or a sister. But see, the world will know that the love of God is in us because of the love we have for the brethren. That what happens is I meet up with someone and they're a brother or sister in Christ and maybe they go to a different church. Maybe we have different beliefs on things. But as soon as we see, oh, you're a believer... Glory to God. We go over there and shake their hand or give them a hug or just uh, proclaim the goodness of God over them and they do the same back to us. We never met them before. And the world will look at that and says, how is it that you can come into such such close fellowship with someone so you don't even know them? Yeah. It's the love of God. Love of God just comes out of us, comes right on into them. Glory to God. My spirit bears witness that this person is of the same spirit and we just get excited. And we share good things like that. We don't sit there and talk about all the differences we have or why our church is better than their church or our belief is better than their belief. We just love on them. And see, that's that's what's going to be a testimony to the world. And that's what God's looking at. God's looking at when you meet up with someone who accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, changed their life, and is heading into an eternal reward, how do you receive them? And if we receive them, well, I'm not so sure... They, uh, they, they don't look like the kind of people that I would like to hang, to hang around with. They don't, um, they don't talk the way I'm, they don't talk like, you know, faith people. They don't talk the, the, the right way. They're not using the, the, the right language and the things of God. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I want to hang out with that one. No. That's not the love of God. The love of God on the inside of you loves the things of God. And when we hear the truth of God, we get excited. We get excited. I told you the stories um, 
I think I mentioned his name before. But uh, Brother John MacArthur. How many of y'all know him? All right, John MacArthur. Wonderful body, wonderful teacher in the body of Christ. Wonderful teacher. We used to listen to him on the way over to, to Rhema. He's, uh, he just came on at a time that we would be going over there to Rhema and we would be listening to him. And he's phenomenal on any topic except the gifts of the Spirit and the healing power of Jesus Christ. You get him on those two topics and he just kind of leaves the Word of God and he just starts... I mean, he will rip you a new one. So they say, <laughs> just take you apart. And he just would would tear people apart if they believed in these... I think those were the two ones. I know he didn't like people who taught about prosperity or things like that. Maybe it was that more than the healing. But anyway, there was two areas. But he got on... I know the gifts of the Spirit was one. If you were in the gifts of the Spirit, I mean, he just would tear you apart. That you were you were not fit for heaven. And we would listen to him. And sometimes on the way into school, he would get into one of these rants about these things. And we didn't get angry. Not, not a single person. We had five people in the car going into Raymond. Not a single one of us would get angry or, or mad at him. We'd just smile and laugh and say, well, glory to God. He sure is good on these other things. <laughs> and we would just glean from him. I still will go into and pull out a John MacArthur book on some topics that he does because he's, he's really a good digger. He digs some things out of the Word of God. But on these two areas, it doesn't work out so well. I've referred many of you to, to uh, Wiest and his translation of the New Testament. Wonderful translation of the New Testament. does a wonderful expository of New Testament books. But if you get him on the healing power of Jesus or the gifts of the Spirit, mm-mm, he leaves the Greek but he's phenomenal in all the other things. So I, I, I don't throw his books out. I simply glean what I can off of all those other topics. Because there's a whole lot more topics out there. And I can look into his, uh, his commentary. I can look into how he dissected the, the Greek and glean a lot of things from it. But you see, I don't, I don't come up with anger because I don't see him as not a brother. I see him as a brother. Even though we disagree and, and don't agree on, on all the things in the Word of God. You know, some people may, may come out. They may tear apart the school that I went to. Glory to God. Go ahead. Tear it apart. That's fine. I don't get upset at it. It doesn't tear me down. But you see, if I get into the area of selfishness, wait a minute, that's my school. Wait a minute. That's the people I, I like. We gotta be careful about that. Now, if they're leading people astray, you know, telling people, you know, God takes people home early, like you can have a little bit of anger comes out about that, but not necessarily towards the, the, you know, not to be teaching this. Look what the Word of God has to say and try and, and help them out with that. Well, we see this in the, these kind of things going on, not only in, in the riots, you know, when riots are going on. How many riots in the last couple of years have we seen going on that people were given false information, told things that were happened that didn't happen. And when the truth came out, they suppressed the truth. They didn't want people to know that that's what was said or that what was done. I saw some videos of some uh, police officers because of this atmosphere that is stirred up that police officers are being harassed, harassed cursed at by people Five, six, seven, ten of them all coming up with video cameras trying to videotape them into doing something wrong and just cussing at them and uh, challenging them. And, and that's just not a, 
That's not a good word. You wouldn't like that in your work environment. And we shouldn't be, be doing those kind of things. But those people that have the video cameras cussing out the cops, folks, that is not something the love of God is going to draw you to do. I'm not saying that, cursed, that, that people who go to church don't do it. I'm saying they're not the brethren and the sisters that the Word of God's talking about. They need to get out. They need to get the love of God on them, on the inside. They got another love coming on the inside and building. They're building that up. It's destructive. We got to get going on here. Verse seventeen again. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart with him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Don't just say that you love people. Get out there and do something. Act on that love. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. This is how we know that we're of the truth. Read it again. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth. If I love because I say I love, that does not mean I'm of the truth. But if I love and I act in that area of love, that's showing the, that's showing the love that's there. How many remember a, a particular minister, Jerry Falwell? Jerry Falwell. He's, um, now he's, um, uh, Brother Jolly, is he president of Liberty? I thought he was, uh, it was Liberty. I was so, we are on different schools. Liberty is on one side, on, on a lot of issues. And you know, where I went to school, we were on another. There, there's a, there's some very differences in, inside on that. And you could get into the differences and be angry at the guy. I was never angry at Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell does something. Is he still around? He hasn't passed away, has he? Did he pass away? Alright. I was thinking that he had, but I wasn't quite sure. But when he was around, one of the things that they did, they did, apparently not everybody was aware of this, was, uh, they didn't just preach that abortion was wrong. They actually had some deeds to it. I don't know if you all are aware of this, but one of the things that they would do is they would offer that if women who were pregnant would keep the baby and not abort the baby, that they could come down to the college and that they would help them with housing and with um, medical care and would also give them an education. I mean, that's putting some deeds to your actions there. He, <laughs> and I heard he did that and I had respect for him before. I had even more respect when I heard the things that they would, they would do. That they're not just saying, they're acting. See, that's the love of God coming up on the inside of you. When you see that love of God coming up inside of people, they may not have all their doctrine right. But glory to God, they got the love of God going on the inside. And if that love of God is going on the inside, you keep following after the love of God, you'll get your doctrine right. You'll get it straightened out. But be a doer of the word, in other words. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Condemnation does not come from the Spirit of God. He may convict you. He does not condemn you. Your heart does that. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Now He who keeps His commandments abides in Him. 
and abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom... By the Spirit what? By the Spirit whom he has given us. He's given it to you. That Spirit's on the inside. That love is... That Spirit brings the love of God, pours it down the inside. The love is there. The Spirit is there. The love is there. Verse 22, read that again. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments. We keep His commandments because we walk in the love of God. Do you know that how you walk in the love of God affects your receiving? I put in your outline this way. Our receiving is affected by our love walk. Our receiving from God is affected by the how we walk in love. Chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. But by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. He said, don't believe every spirit. He gives you some things to test it. Now, we spent much more time in this than, I don't know, a year or two ago, looking at, at these particular verses. There's a lot we need to do to test the spirits. But he's warning you. Just because a spirit looks like it's a spirit of God does not mean that it is. And there are some ways we can go about. But he says, test it. Just because someone says they're a brother or a sister in Christ does not mean that they are. And if they say that they are, but they are not, you're going to find some angry feelings coming up on the inside because of the love you have for God and the love you have for His truth. I put this in your outline for you. The more we walk in love, the more we know the Spirit of God. You want to get to know the Spirit of God? Walk in love. The more you walk in love, the more we will know the Spirit of God. The less we walk in love, the less we know it. Can you see why the enemy likes to keep you out of the love of God? Because he knows the more you walk in it, the more you learn him. The more you learn the Spirit of God, the more you recognize when people are not of that Spirit. That they're of something false. That they're promoting a false cause, a false doctrine. You can pick up on it. Because I've been walking with the Spirit of God for so long, I I, I know things about them. I gave you some uh, four characteristics here. Well, we'll get to that here in just a minute. You are of God, little children. And have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Don't ever forget that. We look at this sometimes. We look at the violence that people come at us with because we want to talk about marriages between a man and a woman. And people come at you with violence for that. We, we want to say that life begins at conception. We don't like this stuff with, um, you know, the, what was that uh, case that... Doctor, he was killing babies in Philly. Killing babies after they were born. Called him the greatest mass murderer, but the, the press didn't talk about him too much. Uh, but it was right here in Philadelphia. I heard they made a movie about it. And they had a hard time finding people to play the parts. Because they knew they'd get, uh, um, you know, shunned for any other work because of what they were promoting. But this doctor, after the babies were born, he killed over a thousand 
I forget his name. I didn't want to remember his name. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. When Paul had the world constantly, and the world came to him at him as the Jews, not just the Gentiles, came at him as the Jews. And they would drive him out of a city. They would beat him, throw him in prison. Left him for dead one time. Wherever he would go, they'd leave their jobs and go out there and, and pursue it. Why would they do this? They are of the world. They speak as of the world and the world hears them. They speak as the world. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of of error. Just look at the truth that people hang on to. There's people out there in the world and you can see when false things come, they scoop it up. When truth comes, they shun it. You can tell what spirit they're of. They're of the wrong spirit. Now they may not even realize that in the beginning, but the more they keep pursuing the wrong spirit, the more they get to know the wrong spirit as the spirit of God and the more they keep opening the door up for this. More and more down the road. They can start buying into stuff. How can any Christian buy into that? That's God. Because they kept pursuing things by the wrong spirit. They weren't pursuing the truth. And when you, and when you see that stuff going on, and we got so much false things that are, that are going on out there. But you can, you can sort through it because you have the Spirit of God on the inside. I'll put this in your outline for you. Along the way of life, through each tribulation, we have the opportunity to learn the first off, the vocalization. How God speaks. We have, we have the opportunity to learn that. The more you walk in, in love and the Spirit of God with that love that is poured out, showing you how to operate in this love, you hear, you, you learn to hear the voice of God. I learned to hear it. The vocalization. The, the second one, the operation. You understand how God operates because the love of God keeps guiding you. He keeps showing you. Alright, don't throw any apples at those people. You understand that because the love of God is telling you don't throw apples at these people. Don't throw stones and other things. Don't go beating them up. You know that because the love of God. As soon as you your anger comes up because of something selfish that was going on and you're, uh, you're thinking you're bothered by it and you want to go out there, the love of God comes up on the inside and says, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You learn the disposition of God. You know, that's just not how my, my God does things. He doesn't, he doesn't do things like this. He doesn't have to cover up certain facts in order to bring His truth out. That's not how God does things. When the news media has to cover up certain things so that you believe what they're trying to tell you, that's not how God does things. That's not what's going on. Here's the fourth one, direction. I learned the direction. I, that's not a direction that God goes. That's not, a, that's not the disposition of God. That's not the operation of God. That's not the vocalization of God. These are not things of God. And I learned that because His His Spirit on the inside of me 
is leading me down the right way. Put this in your outline for you too. If God's love is poured out through His indwelling Spirit, then the power to walk in it is too. If I've got the love of God poured out through me, in me, I've also got the power to walk in it. You have the power to walk in the love of God. You also have the ability to walk in something other than the love of God. It's up to you which one you're going to walk in. But when you walk in the love of God, you are going to learn how God talks. You're going to learn the things that God does. You're going to learn how God carries Himself, how God holds Himself up. You're going to, you're going to learn this is the way of God. This is the direction of God. And you're going to get so much to know all that about God that when something false comes along, instantly just say, nope, that's not God. That's not God. Now, I'm going to go back to the Word of God and find out why it's not. But I can just tell in my spirit, that's not God. Uh Uh-uh. And you won't be deceived. But you see, if you don't, and you walk in something that is not the love of God, because the enemy comes along and says, you need to love this one. That feeling that you got of anger, that's wrong. You need to suppress that. You need to go out there and, and love them. And we act lovingly towards people that are tearing apart the body of Christ or tearing apart the, the truth or covering up things. Jesus didn't do that. When Jesus came across people who didn't present the truth, what did He do? He'd rip them apart, rip them apart right there. When Peter did something that was not of the truth, what did he do to him? <laughs> he rebuked him. Right then, that's how important being of the things of God was to God. But the enemy has sold the church on this thing. You got to be nice to people. You got to always be friendly. Can't ever say anything harsh, anything rude. That's not Jesus. Because when he came upon a vessel of wrath, he dealt with them as a vessel of wrath. When he came upon a vessel of mercy, let me relate this story to you. Remember when a bunch of vessels of wrath came and they brought a young woman and laid her at the feet of Jesus, basically threw her at the feet of Jesus and said, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Moses' law says we ought to do this, but what do you say? See, now Jesus has vessels of wrath all around him and a vessel of mercy on the ground being accused. And so he writes some things in the sand and then he addresses them and he says, he was out sin, cast the first stone. And he goes back to writing, one by one they all leave. You remember Jesus spoke to the woman? Where are your accusers? They've all left. He says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. God is not consumed with a perfect lifestyle. Our, His love towards us is not coming to us because we have gotten rid of certain sins in our life or we have pursued a certain call or done certain things. It's because of down on the inside there's that love of God. And that's what draws him to us. And that is what will draw you to other people. But when you find someone who has on the cloak 
of being a Christian. But inwardly, they are not following after the love of God. There's no witness between you and them. Let me remind you of another story. And Jesus is talking about a great feast and all these people that were in. And here was a guest without a wedding garment. How did you get in here without a wedding garment? How did you get in here? They threw him out. The most important thing from the Spirit of God is the love of God that's on the inside of us. That we walk in the true love of God. That when we see things that are not of God, we call them out. Even if it's other believers. But we do it in the the way that the the Word of God tells us. Don't just embarrass people. Do what the Word of God tells you to, to do in the thing. He'll help you. Understand that we're not, not here to get into that. But walk in the love of God. It's so important that every single day we keep ourselves in the love of God as the Word exhorts us to. Because the more I walk in the love of God, the more I learn all these things about God and I can pick out in a moment, God is not in that. God is in that. God is not in that. But you see, when I find things that God is not in, I don't feel the need to go out there and attack them. I don't feel the need to embarrass them. I proclaim the truth. If God shows me that anything stronger is needed, He'll show me what to do. But the world is going to create an atmosphere all around you to try and drown you out. And try and make the truth of God not be heard. Don't join sides with the world. Don't be one who silences the truth. Be of those who love the truth. Would you all stand up with me? Glory to God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the love of God that has been poured into our heart. As we walk out that love, we get to know you in ways... Oh, Father God, there is nothing like walking with you to get to know you. So many Christians try and get to know God just by studying the Word. And there's a certain aspect of God I can learn from that. But when I walk with God, when I walk in the footsteps that He's ordered, when I step out into the things of God, when I stir up that love of God and pursue that love, I learn things about God that you just can't learn in a book. And then when I go back to the book, go back to the Bible, I see things in a new light. Oh, I understand this aspect of God now. I see what's going on here. Studying the Word without walking in love will become dry. But when we love God, walk in that love and study the Word, it will become life it will become great. It will rejuvenate us like nothing ever has before. And as Jesus said, it will be words of life. Father, we thank you for the words of life that we have. I thank you for the ways, the ways that you are leading us, 
the places you are taking us, the footsteps that we walk in. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. Before we we go with no one looking around, for those that are listening here, how are you doing walking in the love of God every day? Can you find places in your life where you have settled for something that is less than the love of God? Something that the world says, this is the love of God. Something that you've been taught, this is the love of God, but it's not the love of God. If in looking at these scriptures today, the light is turned on and you can say, I can see that some of the things that I've walked in thinking this was the love of God is not. Would you raise your hand up? No one looking around. All right, a few. Thank you. And don't think just because there might be a place that we haven't walked fully in the love of God that God has turned His back on us because He has not. Oh, God loves us. But you see, it's the love of God in us that draws Him to us. Now we just need to walk it out more. Father God, I pray for all those people here that that love would be renewed on the inside of them, that they would step out into the things of God more so than they had before. And they will learn you in ways they never learned before. And the more we walk in that love, the more deep we see that love is, the more we see we can learn. For as deep as we walk into the love of God, is as deep as we can understand God. And we want our understanding to continue to grow. We give you the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. And one more thing before we go. I mentioned this to you. Went right on by it. But you remember where it says that Esau, God hated? I was pondering on that some more this week. And I said, God, why is it that Esau was the uh, subject of hate from you? And I know most of the time our attention is drawn to the fact that he rejected the birthright. Counted as nothing. And that was certainly the start of it. But I began to think about all the things that were in his life. That set off something on him, on the inside of him. And if you were here when once a night we were talking about Esau, you saw that Esau had two natures. One nature he put in front of his father and one nature he lived in. And he was covering this from his father because he didn't want his father to see this nature. And once that was poured out, once it became evident that Jacob got the blessing and he did not, he no longer hid that side from his father, but that side came out. This is what I was drawn to. The promise of God was to come through Abraham. It was then to come through Isaac. And then who was the promise of God to come through? It was to come through Jacob. 
before they were even born, God said, Jacob is the one. He is the one for which the line will come. And after it became known by Esau that the blessing was not going to come on him. Do you remember the contemplation of his heart? When my father dies, I will kill Joseph, or I will kill Jacob. That he decided that since I cannot have that blessing, I will kill the one that God has blessed. I will kill the one for whom the Messiah would come through. I would kill the one that the blessing of God that would bless him as well as everyone else. I would kill them because I didn't get what I wanted. Can you imagine that kind of selfishness? That you would come against God in that in that way? Can you understand more why God says, Esau, I hate it. Because he was so sold out for what Esau wanted that he would take what God wanted to get it. That's how far we can get carried away with selfishness. But don't let it be in you. Let the love of God come out. When we have strong feelings develop inside of us because of the love of God, that's okay. But when we have strong feelings like Esau, they're coming up because of the love of self, because of the love of what I want. That's not okay. And put a stop to it before it takes us down the wrong direction. Glory to God. Sister Marguerite, I know we have a few things this time. She's going to close us out here today. morning. Uh, I'd like to just say good morning to all of us here and all of you that are watching by way of the internet. Um, I'm really enjoying the uh, series that Pastor is teaching on um, regarding the love walk. And I'm learning a lot um, in my life and I'm just trying to apply it because that's something that Satan can't fight against. So if we develop that love walk, um, we'll have something more powerful than the enemy can take from us. Um, I'd like to give the uh, praise reports uh, that have come in. And I was looking at Psalm uh, 100. That's a psalm that I learned when I was really little. And one verse says, uh, it's verse 4, it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So as we give our praise reports, um, we're thanking God for the many things that he has done in our lives, and we're sharing it with others so that they can rejoice with us. Um, this praise report is from Sister Phyllis uh, regarding um, Jeremy, her son, and she says, um, I spoke to Jeremy yesterday, and he is doing what he loves. He has joined a non-denominational church in Massachusetts, um, near his school this semester. He's plugged in and teaches 
the elementary class kids' church in their first service, and then he attends the second service with the adults and has also joined the adult group. He is also practicing teaching science in some of the local public schools, too. So we just rejoice that um, he is really having a, um, a blessed time away at school and that he is putting into practice the things that he has learned here at Zoe. Um, we also have a praise report from Brother Darrell. He says, God has begun to fulfill his promise to take our business to the next level. And, and that's a blessing because um, we have a lot of promises in the word of God and um, we want to begin to expect what God has already said in his word. Um, we have a prayer request uh, for Sister Susan uh, regarding uh, sinus issues. And um, I've never uh, dealt with sinuses uh, personally, but I understand that they can be very challenging. And so we just want to join our faith with hers and believing God for uh, his healing. He says in First uh, Peter 2.24 that himself, he bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases, and by his stripes we were healed. So um, we just want to, uh, as we, uh, be, you know, are getting ready to leave and to uh, enjoy the rest of the day and, and that God has given us, um, could you just stand with me and someone close by, Sister Susan, if you could just um, lay your hands on her uh, and just believe with her that God's healing power, even as we have gone through the service and the worship and the praise and the teaching, that um, her faith is high that God is willing to do and will bring his healing power into her body. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for Sister Susan. We thank you that we know that sinus issues, it's a name, and your name is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And we thank you, O Lord, that this name, we come against the sinus issues, and we just thank you that by your stripes we were healed. We claim that healing today for Sister Susan, and we believe with her that in her body that healing has already begun and that it will continue and that she will be able to say, praise God, you've done a work in my life and I receive it. The work is done in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father. And so we just ask that you, um, at this time as we leave, just uh, 